Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. For our first show, and I know that you're looking for some much-needed dopamine after this horrendous roller coaster of a week we just had, but for our first show, we thought we would do things a little bit different. So normally, I would have a segment right now where I would go over the headlines from the last week and maybe do a deep dive into a specific topic later on, but I think I know what you want to talk about, and it's probably the same thing I want to talk about, so let's dive in, shall we? The topic up for discussion is what the hell is happening to our elections? Now, I know that all of you just voted last week, right? All of you. And you may be done with talking about elections for the next couple of years, or it may be all you can talk about. But since we have one party in this two-party political system that refuses to acknowledge reality while simultaneously rewriting the rules of the game while we're playing the game, I want to point out some of the shenanigans that they've been pulling during the 2022 midterms. For starters, how about those election deniers, huh? Roll clip. Did Joe Biden win the election, Congresswoman Green? Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Absolutely, Marcus. but you pushed a big lie that said he did not win the election. There was and election fraud. You drove those proven. people to the Capitol on January 6th with your lie. Where candidate Carrie Lake says it's over. The former TV anchor supported by President Trump is a leading voice among skeptics of the 2020 election results. Republicans chose Mark Fincham who was in Washington on January 6th and said he wouldn't have certified the 2020 results. Well, when, you, when you steal something, that's not really a win. That's a fraud. In the major battleground state of Pennsylvania, Republicans have nominated for governor a far-right candidate, Doug Mastriano, who was outside of the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th to protest Donald Trump's loss in that election. Video appears to show Mastriano passing police barricades right after they were breached by rioters. He has said he left the Capitol before the riot. It seems to me that if you want to be a public figure in the Republican Party, you have to deny election results. In fact, the actual process in which we conduct our elections, basically distracking the only way that you can get hired for public service, which is what you're going for in the first place, right? And I'm not being hyperbolic. According to the Brookings Institute in 2022, the midterms had 345 candidates who either flat out denied the 2020 election results or spread bullshit about the results in public, on television, and especially on social media. Hell, <laughs> it's a prominent feature in their campaigns and their rallies. And it's not just Capitol Hill or state governorships and representatives using lies about the elections to get elected. It's also these guys, too. So now some of those election deniers are running for the job of overseeing and certifying their state's electoral process, the secretaries of state. This year, 12 Republicans who have publicly questioned or disputed the results of the 2020 election are running for secretary of state across the country. And if elected, they could try to sway election results in 2024 and beyond. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, guys, I was caught up in responding accordingly to politicians who want to manipulate and destroy our only means of choosing politicians. And I don't want you guys to think that Republicans are just stopping at secretaries of state because this is actually a three pronged reach around by the GOP. The second part of this scheme involves electing officials in Washington. And then the third is all about those state legislators. You know, the holy trinity of uh, Christo-fascists. I mean, uh, the GOP. So we've got Mitch McTurtle and his good pal Kevin presiding over the maggots on Capitol Hill, while Republican governors try to Ron DeSantis themselves into oblivion, preparing for the presidential run of 2024. Now, I say that because, of course, that's the fever dream of the Republican Party. And, you know, who cares if Republicans get elected, right? They have policies where it it benefits the most important people in this country, you know, cutting taxes for the rich, ending Medicare, you know, running the country into the ground with all of these entitlements that you've been paying out of pocket. 
pocket the entire time that you've been working. But never mind. It's an entitlement, right? They want to win elections thanks to their buddies who will oversee the elections in each state. So I guess we're only going to have the voters to blame. No, <laughs> no. See, they want us to blame each other. They want us to focus on hating your neighbor for this and not liking the guy down the street for that. And what they're trying to do is get us to not focus on the way in which they are rigging our elections. And if we're blaming each other, then we're not paying attention to people like the secretaries of state. And of course, while we're fighting amongst ourselves, just keep in mind, folks, this this is how democracy dies, by being cannibalized alive from the inside out by a parasite whose sole purpose is to use America as a means to an end. Now, you might be wondering why I'm making a reference to the movie Aliens in the middle of a monologue, and maybe it's not appropriate, you know, a reference to Aliens and the Republican Party. Does this make any rational sense? And if you weren't thinking that before, you are now, so you're welcome. And while you're thinking about that, Christina Camaro, the GOP candidate from Nevada, was not only an election denier, which again is a staple of the current GOP, but she has publicly said that the former Cheeto in chief was the real winner of 2020, not Biden. And then <laughs> she said this out loud in an interview with a self-proclaimed Christian theologian. Take a listen. Having intimate relationships with people who are demonically possessed or oppressed, I strongly believe that a person opens themselves up to possession. <laughs> you know, after hearing this woman say that, and I promise you, folks, she said it with a straight face. <laughs> after hearing this woman say that, I completely get why conservative men are upset about these new, you know, Republican leaning dating websites having such a hard time having women sign up and all, you know? <laughs> I mean, who wants to contract herpes along with demonic possession over a night of Applebee's and some boot scooting? <laughs> I know I don't. And need I remind you that Miss Camaro just got her conspiracy theory handed to her this week by Wayne Circuit Court Judge Timothy Kenny, because not all heroes wear capes. Kenny said he will not halt the counting of absentee ballots in Michigan just because this woman thinks that ballots should only be cast on the day of election. And regardless of how many ballots there are to count, we should stop counting them at the end of election day. Seriously, folks, this election denying bullshit has been a staple of the GOP's election talking points ever since the count of too much Crisco, Donald Trump demanded ballot recounts and that counting only happen on election day and all counting should stop at the stroke of midnight on election night. Because we all know counting votes is important, but only counting for the day that we elect is so much more important to Republicans. It's not how many votes were cast. It's how many you could count in a 24-hour period. And not all kidding aside, this Camaro lady, she is what the GOP wants overseeing elections in the future. Running for Secretary of State, believing the absolute insanity that this woman does, this is what the GOP wants in charge of elections. She is not an outlier, folks. She's not one of the crazies up in the cuckoo's nest. She's actually kind of the norm. In fact, we can thank Jim Mershon, election denier with a purpose and GOP candidate for Nevada Secretary of State, who said the quiet part out loud to a crowd of people while on camera. Listen to this. With the midterms and 2024 on the horizon. We formed a coalition May 1st, and these are 
the candidates here, patriots. Marchant says this group of big lie believers have organized to run in secretary of state races, hoping to administer elections in key battleground states. Like I said, folks, the plan was to install in the 2022 midterms as many election-denying QAnon crackpots to positions where Republicans were guaranteed to win regardless of the outcome of the vote. And this position that I'm talking about is the Secretary of State. Remember, these are the people who oversee elections. They have ultimate power. Now, you and I go and cast our ballots at the ballot box. And uh, if the person who certifies the vote count just flat out refuses to do so after we've all duly voted, and that person, by the way, would be the Secretary of State, then the GOP candidate could win. And I'll explain how that happens and of course, I think you're going to agree with me that if this were to occur across multiple states, we've got a serious problem. We have a very, very, very serious problem. You know, like the problem the former guy tried to create with the Secretary of State in Georgia back in 2020 with that little phone call that we all know was perfect. There's nothing wrong with saying that you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. So tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? We won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways, and I think you have to say that you're going to re-examine it. We have to stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are right. I think I owe you an apology. I thought that that was going to be a stroll down memory lane. I didn't realize it was going to be a, a terrifying journey into Nightmare Alley, <laughs> but I don't know about you. It, it still blows my mind that this phone call even exists. And looking back on that phone call from 2020, knowing now that they want so badly with the Secretary of State to have a concerted effort to control the outcome of elections by getting the election deniers into positions of Secretary of State. This phone call was egregious on numerous levels, but it honestly never crossed my mind until 2020 that the person overseeing the election, the Secretary of State, would ever just change the outcome or refuse to certify that it is so, that what the voters voted for is what they're going to get. But we saw it in Michigan when an election board member suggested that votes from Detroit, which happened to be predominantly black voters not be included in the count in 2020 because you know white people think it's sussy when black people vote right we saw it happen over and over and over again at the insistence of the biggest loser donald trump and the only thing standing in his way was the integrity of the people involved like the secretary of state in georgia but what if we replace those people with election deniers, people who don't have integrity, then what happens? Those people refuse to certify an election because they don't like the outcome. And yes, oh my God, it is so important for you to vote. People who know me personally know that I will hound them to vote because that's how this country works. The United States of America was founded on the idea that people you and me, will choose our representatives. And so, now I, I know what you're thinking. And, and I'll go ahead and address this. I know that when they said people, what they really meant were white land-owning men. But humor me for a moment. 
let's all pretend that we live in La La Land. We're founding fathers of the United States of America. We're all inclusive when they created their system of government. And it's reasonable to say that it required 100% participation in order to function properly. Because that's what we do. We vote. We choose our representative. And then the person who wins the most votes gets to represent us. But if we don't all vote, then we get the crap that we see now. And no matter who you vote for, I'm, I'm not saying vote either way. On a fundamental level, this country needs every single citizen who is eligible to vote to do so. Because representation is inevitable. But underrepresentation is what we have. We cannot have elected officials and politicians who accurately represent the constituents, the people you see in your community, if only a small portion of the voting population turns out to vote. Because it's those people who decide who goes and who stays and who gets the new seat. It's those people who decide who replaces who. And so the rest of us, we all have to try to live through their decision. And I don't know about you, but between gerrymandering, voter ID, other suppressive laws already on the books, I understand that waiting in line for eight hours to participate in the electoral process with armed conspiracy theorists cosplaying right outside as poll watchers. I understand that that is intimidating. I sure as hell wouldn't want to do it. And I don't blame you for not wanting to do it either. But when we don't vote, those kinds of pre-Civil War stunts or in a post-Civil War society, those become the norm. Or worse, legal. Because Republicans... They sure appreciate what Jimmy and Cletus have been doing, you know, pointing their guns and keeping an eye out on Election Day. We're taking action. And that action is we're taking over school boards. We're taking over the Republican Party for the precinct committee strategy. We're taking over all the elections. Suck on this. We have about 30,000 poll watchers already trained. These are going to be the people that we have admitted uh, that are going to actually be counting the ballot. Outside an early ballot drop box in Mesa, Arizona, two men armed, wearing tactical gear, watching voters. And while the White Claw Brigade is ensuring election integrity at the polls, you know, with their guns, it's women like Cleta Mitchell. And no, I did not make that up. It's women like Cleta Mitchell who are hard at work ensuring that the discount militia is never ending. A lawyer for former President Trump who fought to overturn the 2020 election is heading up an effort dubbed the, quote, Election Integrity Network. There's much to do to save our election system from those on the left who've spent nearly a decade and invested billions of dollars to manipulate the election system for their partisan advantage. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from Cleta Mitchell. And what Cleta is saying is that Democrats are working hard to expand access to voting so that our electoral process is more inclusive. And she thinks that is, quote, partisan advantage. In other words, Cleta and the Republican Party know that when more people participate on voting day and in mail-in ballots, that means less Republicans are elected to public service. And it's funny, Cleta mentioned a decade in her little rant, because it was 10 years ago, I remember, Republicans in Pennsylvania, the State House, said that they needed a new restrictive voter ID law, you know, because, wait for it, it helps their party win elections. Don't believe me? Well, let me take you back to 2016 and the quiet part being said out loud on camera provided to you by Wisconsin State Representative Glenn Grothman, who said this to a news reporter. 
take me forward to November. You know that a lot of Republicans since 1984 in the presidential races have not been able to win in Wisconsin. Why would it be any different for Ted Cruz or a Donald Trump? Well, I think Hillary Clinton is about the weakest candidate the Democrats have ever put up. And now we have photo ID. And I think photo ID is going to make a little bit of a difference as well. Oh, and who can forget Mr. Jim Greer, Florida man for the GOP back in 2012. He told the Palm Beach Post, and I quote, we've got to cut down on early voting because early voting really isn't good for us. You think? Early voting means more votes cast and more votes cast means less Republicans. Unless Republicans in office, well, that means less voter fraud. And I'm talking to you, Wisconsin. There is the election news out of Wisconsin. A few days ago, a Republican Wisconsin state lawmaker named Janelle Branchen, a person known for embracing election-related conspiracy theories. Janelle Branchen got these in the mail. There were three military absentee ballots. They weren't for her. She didn't request them. She just got them in the mail. So she took them to the local sheriff and she made a very big deal about how unsecure our elections actually are. Now that is on its face something, but what makes the story singularly insane is what we learned today. Those mystery military absentee ballots were sent by the deputy director of Milwaukee's election commission, a woman named Kimberly Zapata. Yes, rather than running the election, making sure every vote was counted, this election director, Mrs. Zapata, was actively trying to sow distrust in the election. She didn't catch fraud, she made it up. Zapata has since been fired, and she may even face misdemeanor state charges, but that does not fix the damage here, the pernicious theory that somehow this election is rigged. Look, you and I both know that the GOP wants to do away with mail-in ballots. But you can't go around committing voter fraud to prove that point. Because committing a crime only proves that you're a criminal who's willing to commit crimes. And I realize that's a hard concept for Republicans to grasp. But listen, if you're committing voter fraud so that you can say that voter fraud is happening, then you're the person committing the voter fraud that is happening. And we should stop you. Because this. Hurdle said he was surprised when he found out his wife, who died in 2017, had sent in a mail-in ballot. Her name is still on Clark County's voter rolls, and since everyone in those rolls got a ballot, one was sent to Rosemarie. It was Kirk Hartle himself, Rosemarie's husband. This week, he appeared in court, where he pleaded guilty to the charge of voting more than once in the same election. Hartle was sentenced to probation and fined $2,000. All right, everybody, who's committing voter fraud? Say it with me now. Republicans are. Because if you think that one of their own voters going on national television and speaking to reporters who are writing stories about their complaints about voter fraud, a crime that they themselves are committing and then being outraged in the media, and then you, you would think that maybe getting caught, outed, would be enough to shame them and, and maybe turn a new leaf and stop committing voter fraud on behalf of the Republican Party. Maybe change the narrative about voter fraud. I don't know, but something. I. But if you thought that, like I, I sometimes like to fantasize about, you would be wrong because... This is how they talk about it on Fox News, as if we don't know that the person who complained about the voter fraud is the fraudster. Just listen to this fairy tale that they're spinning. Dead people voted in Clark County. That is a tricky thing because obviously for these families, this is a very tragic reminder of a loss that they have just recently had to go through. We have two examples that we that we have talked about and want to talk about today. One is the death of Rosemary Hartle in 2017. According to her 2017 obituary, Rosemary Hartle was a loving, fun, sassy, and sarcastic in a fun way. 
beautiful, powerful, relentless, and inspiring. Sadly, now she's gone. But her voter registration remains. She's still on the rolls. Someone received Rosemary Hartle's ballot in the mail and then cast it. Who did this? We don't know who did it. We wish we did. We should know. It's fraud. It's a threat to our system. Since the election in 2020, there has been a very obvious and flagrant move by the Republican Party to cast doubt on elections. I think that this is simply because they don't like the outcome of the last presidential election. And one of the points of major contention for the GOP is mail-in ballots. In our 2022 midterms, it's now Republicans committing voter fraud to say that there is voter fraud. This is a circle jerk. This was brought to us by Jim Merchant and Cleta Mitchell, two Republicans who set up organizations to fix a problem that their own voters are creating. And speaking of problem reaction solution, prior to the midterm vote, Steve Bannon, the homeless cosplaying talking head of the alt-right, made it clear that his listeners of his podcast were going to become poll worker extraordinaires. They would have positions of power, positions that they would flood with election deniers because that's the only way to make sure that election fraud can be averted. And this scheme worked with the poorly educated, causing a max exodus of top election administrators across the country out into the 2022 midterms. And um, one out of three, believe it or not, administrators resigned from the 2022, or rather because of the 2022 election. One out of three administrators who were administrating elections, by the way. This left Bannon zombie poll workers lots of openings to snatch up. And you might not be surprised, but they did. And when Bannon's audience couldn't get a position in the polling precincts, they left disturbing voicemails and letters to those who stayed after the 2020 shenanigans in our elections to work the precincts and the polling and help run integral elections. So listen to what they had to put up with. In places like Arizona, there is this. We are coming for you. We will find you. In Wisconsin. And we're going to hang you. From Georgia. Do you hear the anger in my voice? We're ready to and Minnesota is probably going to be executed for treason. These are just a few of thousands of threats being sent to the people who run this nation's elections. The last time there was a vote at this polling station, Deirdre received a threat. I read it and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. A lot of profanity, so I'm gonna skip over those parts. This election is effing rigged. You all know it, and you are complicit as if. Detonations will occur at every polling site set up in this county. No one at these places will be spared. If you think we're bluffing, effing try. You've been warned. We will end you all. See you soon. Fulton County's embattled elections director is heading for the door. Richard Barron resigning today. Barron, in his resignation letter, wrote of the intense scrutiny and threats to our personal safety. Time's running out, Richard. We're coming after you and every motherfucker that stole this election with our Second Amendment. Subpoenas be damned. You're going to be served lead, you fucking, fucking enemy communist. You will be served lead. And I just want to give a shout out to that last guy's voicemail for making it clear that our founding fathers were Caucasian. Just in case anyone was on the fence over whether or not Republicans threatening to use their Second Amendment rights over election outcomes had anything to do with racism. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it does. But that's a conversation for another show. So 
Getting back to America's preview of what elections and voting look like under Christian fascism, one of the most disturbing assertions coming out of the rightiest of the right wing was a comment made by Mark Fincham out of Arizona during a debate where Mark flat out said that because of the non-existent voter fraud, oh wait, the voter fraud that Republican voters are committing, that occurs in, quote, certain counties, well, we should just throw out those votes because, I don't know, roll clip. Mark, we'll start with you. Arizona voters want to know, you've been very critical of the 2020 election results. Um, Would you, as Secretary of State, have signed off on those results? There are too many hypotheticals to really answer that question because we didn't know what we knew after the election until after the um, certification of the canvas occurred. But knowing what we know today, there are certain counties that should have been set aside as irredeemably compromised. Maricopa County was one of them. Yuma County was one of them. We have so many votes outside of the law that it, it begs the question, what do we do with an election where we have votes that are in the stream but should not be counted? Yes, folks, you heard that man correctly. Mark suggested that if he were Secretary of State, the person in charge of certifying an election count, entire districts should have their votes, all of them, all the votes thrown out, because if voter fraud is alleged, then all the votes are defective. And please keep in mind that if Maricopa and Yuma counties had been discarded from the vote count in 2020, then Trump would have taken Arizona. So there's that. See, this is how their plan works. The Secretary of State is a major player when it comes to elections. Fincham and election deniers like him in those roles would guarantee Republicans win every election because the scheme is a matter of controlling the chain of command. For example, election denying poll watchers and poll workers report their conspiracies about those elections to the election denying county commissioners who run that right up to the election denying secretary of state who refuses to certify the count due to district irregularities. Now you cap that off with an election denying governor and you've got control over that state's results. And that my friends is how our democratic republic is replaced by a fascist state. Now, as of the airing of this podcast, It looks like Arizona does not like the idea of having their votes thrown away just because Fincham said so. And they have elected Democrat Adrian Fontes to be their secretary of state. And that's a win for our Democratic Republic, at least the continuance of it. And oh, Carrie Lake. Yeah, (laughs) she appears to have lost to the Democrat Katie Hobbs for governorship. So thank you, Arizona. Chef's kiss for you. Now, folks, Carrie Lake, if you haven't heard of her, you should go look her up because she is where the election denying narrative becomes your worst nightmare. This is what the Republicans want a governor to be. A person who happens to have the power to reject and choose their own electors to go to to the Electoral College to represent their state's vote count. In other words, if Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham had won, Trump would be guaranteed Arizona in 2024. Now you take that nightmare scenario and you expand that to all 50 states. And I didn't even mention the election denying judges who can make sure that Republican power grabs and all of their fever dreams become reality by changing legal precedent or the lawyers who will put who will petition the U.S. Supreme Court at the behest of election denying state officials with the hope that they can fundamentally change voting rights across the country, deciding who gets to vote and whose vote counts. But the fun doesn't have to end there. The GOP's got plans for this country, big plans, that they've published on a pamphlet because there is no reason to go in depth into great detail on exactly how you're gonna govern. 
you know, an entire country. You don't have to explain that to the voting population now. <laughs> That's just going to confuse things. And we don't want to get the poorly educated all riled up, right? You guys remember January 6th. But here I am going on and on when the author of this very impressive word find the GOP came up with, which conveniently fits in your back pocket, is here to explain it. Take it away, Rick Scott. It's a plan. It, it's things that, you know, we're, we're going to get God back in our, in our lives. We're going to make sure our children say the Pledge of Allegiance, um, salute the flag, learn that this is the greatest country ever. We're going to get racial politics out of, out of this. Government shouldn't be asking your skin color. Um, that's not, you know, we're supposed to be colorblind and we should be colorblind. So it's, it's basic things like that. Balance the budget. Watch how we spend our money. Uh, so it's, it's basic common sense things. And that, my friends, is how you make a Floridian word salad. Rick didn't actually say anything of substance. He made some suggestions while repeating talking points. But not once did Rick actually explain how Republicans plan to enforce their Pledge of Allegiance agenda in all 130,000 plus K-12 schools currently operational here in the United States. And do you know why? Because that is a Karen's wet dream scenario that cannot be implemented outside of the deranged minds of those who suffer from impotent rage. Am I wrong? But, you know, if you're wondering whether or not the GOP's slender man with a plan is just a one pamphlet pony, well, listen to this. What's the first bill a Republican Congress sends to the president's desk that you actually think he would sign. I think the issues we've got to deal with inflation, so we've got to figure out how to spend our money wisely so we don't continue this inflation. I think we've got to do whatever we can to get this crime rate down, so I think we have to look at that. We've got to secure the border. Uh, I think we've got to get rid of the 87 IRS age, 87,000 new IRS agents. So I think we have, to, we have to address the issues that people are worried about right now, and those are, they're worried about those issues, the fentanyl. So I think that's what we need to focus on. Uh, so we, we've got to make sure our military is focused on being lethal, so, not woke. So I think those are the things that we have to focus on. Okay, I can't tell you that that wasn't predictable because, <laughs> you know, Republicans got a Republican. They know how to point out what bothers them, basically, and they suck at describing what they're going to do about it because they don't have a plan. They, they don't want to do anything about that. You know, actually, I, I could be looking at this completely wrong. Maybe it's not that they don't have a plan. It's just that these aren't problems for Republicans. Take the 87,000 IRS agents that Rick mentioned he would like to fire. Those agents were just hired by the current Congress to go after the wealthiest Americans and corporations because they evade paying taxes. Is it a coincidence that those are the people and companies that Rick Scott and Republicans also get most of their donations from? Eh, probably not, but so there's got to be something, you know, that Republicans will do with all that congressional power. <laughs> I wonder what it could be. I think this is dereliction of duty at the highest level. And I think Joe Biden deserves to be impeached. Time for action. Impeach Biden. Impeach Kamala Harris. Hey, last night on Twitter, I called for Joe Biden to be impeached and removed. So we, there's so many investigations mm -hmm. planned. Um, I, think, I think people would be remiss to say, oh, Kevin McCarthy would never do it. And we can. And we will impeach Joe Biden. Whoa there. Hey, listen, you do what you want. But GOP, I don't know if sounding like mean girls is a good look for you. I mean, revenge much? <laughs> we get it. You want to impeach Joe Biden because Trump was impeached twice, I might add. And you don't want to let that go. But you know what? Trump was impeached for trying to solicit interference by a foreign country to help him win the 2020 election. And he was impeached again for inciting an insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. 
And even though you can't explain to anyone exactly why Joe Biden should be impeached, you're going to make sure that that happens. And not just Biden, but our VP, Kamala Harris, the head of the DOJ, Merrick Garland, and of course, Anthony Fauci, because <laughs> Clan mom, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is really upset that she had to wear a face diaper. I don't know what that has to do with Anthony Fauci. It sounds like something that might be in her divorce proceedings, but we'll have to read on that later. So is it that, I don't know, the GOP can't think of anything better to do than siphon out 80s revenge plots so they can reenact crap on the House floor and the Senate floor like <laughs> the money we pay them is just for show? Maybe we should listen to what they're actually talking about. You know, the things that they want to install, like, I don't know, a national abortion ban. Because, you know, states' rights. And, of course, they're talking about cutting Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Because their biggest voter base can't afford medical care and pay rent. Who cares about them? And, oh, by the way, cutting taxes, cutting more taxes, not for you or me, for the wealthy. Because you know what? It's about time that we try that trickle-down economics, you know. <laughs> it might work this time. Making America great again, right? So how is that going, Republicans? I thought the political conditions were such that would uh, suggest a red wave. The polling said otherwise. And I was skeptical. The polling. The polling held up pretty well tonight. The big red wave that was predicted uh, has not happened yet. There wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. The Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now because this is this is an absolute disaster. Definitely not a Republican wave. That's for darn sure. You're darn tootin', Lindsey Graham. The GOP's prediction of a red wave ended up looking more like a ketchup splatter on the dining room wall at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Having said that, as of this recording, we still don't know who is going to control the House. The Senate, we got it. Democrats, way to go. But as the counting continues, it is quite possible that a religious fantasy land wherein Republicans have control of America could come to pass. So I don't want to give the impression that we're safe completely from Ricky Scotty's little pamphlet plan. And even though Democrats did well in the traditional sense, and by that I mean historically the party in power loses control of either the House, the Senate, or both, this clearly did not happen in 2020. Sure, Democrats flip seats. The right to an abortion was added to several state constitution. Marijuana was legalized in Maryland. Way to go. And Tennessee. Hey, you, you finally abolished slavery. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know, slavery was on the ballot in five states and was still legal in Tennessee as a form of punishment. But that's all in the past now, thanks to the 2020 midterms. And by the way, Oregon voting against abolishing slavery. That's not a classy move. And everything the Democrats accomplished in the 2020 midterms, that's all well and good. But there is an elephant in the room and we need to talk about it now. So key races across the country, they're still razor thin as the ballot count continues. Control of Congress still on the line. The balance of power in Congress is still up in the air this morning with several of those key races very neck and neck, very close to each other. Tight Senate race. Well, Yasmin, it is a neck and neck race for the U.S. Senate between Democratic incumbent uh, Raphael Warnock and the Republican challenger Herschel Walker. OK, let me stop you right there, because that is what I'm talking about. What sort of MCU multi-universe bullshit reality are we living in right now when Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker are neck and neck to the extent forcing a runoff election schedule to happen in December? Now, I know that the Democrats have the Senate, but 
seriously, Georgia, what the actual fuck? Herschel Walker. This Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker raved about what he calls a dry mist that can kill COVID in an interview in 2020. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from COVID as you walk through this, this dry mist? Herschel Walker. Walker downplaying expectations ahead of his debate with Senator Raphael Warnock telling reporters, I'm not that smart. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker is making headlines after his comments about evolution. Now think about this, because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? If that is true, why are there still apes? Before and during his campaign, Walker has lied repeatedly. He falsely claimed to have graduated in a top percentile from the University of Georgia. He exaggerated claims about the success of his businesses. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker misstated his income on federal documents by more than $3 million. In a 2017 speech, Walker said this, I work with the Cobb County Police Department and I have been in criminal justice all my life. And two years later, while giving a speech to soldiers, he said, I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent? They didn't know because he wasn't. He has repeatedly criticized black men who leave their children. But tonight, Georgia's Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, Herschel Walker, is admitting that he has a 10-year-old son who he didn't raise. Court documents show that the boy's mother had to sue him for paternity and child support. Just a day after news broke that Walker had a secret 10-year-old son, the Daily Beast discovered that Walker actually has two more additional children he has never publicly acknowledged. Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker says he is pro-life and supports a nationwide abortion ban with no exceptions. But new reporting from the Daily Beast claims he encouraged a woman he was dating in 2009 to get an abortion and help pay for it. Georgia. <laughs> when you condense all Herschel Walker's shenanigans into a montage... It's still a shitload of this guy is not fit for the roles that he currently has, let alone giving him the power to decide and sponsor federal legislation. Georgia voters, seriously, what is your problem? It's clear to me that Herschel Walker is inept at being a human being, and I'm on the other side of the country, so I'm wondering, do you need glasses or perhaps a Q-tip. Explain to me why Warnock and Walker are neck and neck in the voting count. Because I, I just don't understand why so many Georgians think that Herschel Walker is competent enough to send to the U.S. Senate. But wait a minute. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with this. Last couple of minutes, the Associated Press has called the U.S. House District 14 for Georgia race in favor of the incumbent Marjorie Taylor Greene, winning her re-election bid against her opponent, Marcus Flowers. Again, Marjorie Taylor Greene being sent back to Washington, D.C. for yet another term. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. That exit polling from Georgia, yeah, makes sense. Because uh, 74% of white Georgia voters voted Republican. And <laughs> a disgusting 48% of white women in Georgia voted Republican. So pff, why not? Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker are in a tight race. Makes total sense to me. There's just not enough people in Georgia that can or are voting on women's right to have their own body autonomy. Taxing the wealthy their fair share. Enforcing laws when they don't. You know, those 87,000 IRS agents. Giving everyone the legal right to be who they are and live the life that they want to live. <laughs> oh, you silly Christians. I could go on and on, but the point is, Georgia is a microcosm of a problem facing our democratic republic that... Psh, I don't think that we want to talk about because it's a hard conversation to have. We hear all the time about how we need to come together. We need to find common ground, yada, yada, yada. But what the 2022 midterms are saying to me in the numbers, in the voting count where Democrat and Republican are in a tight race, 
with one witting the seat by the seat of their pants. This country is fundamentally divided, divided to the core, to the core beliefs of what is moral and what is just. One side, the 81 plus million people who voted for Trump in 2020, they want a Christo-fascist autocracy and they're willing to do violence to get it. And on the other side, there is a group of people who are far from perfect, but are trying to make America's society and laws reflect inclusivity while balancing racial and gender power structures from city council members all the way to the U.S. Congress and everywhere in between, including private businesses. So those two visions of the United States going forward are fundamentally at odds with each other, and they cannot coexist. And I don't know what to do about that. I just know it's happening. And for those who, you know, say that the, they don't like the idea of a Christian nation makeover on the United States, well, we've got a lot of work to do because it doesn't end at the ballot box. Now that we've voted, we need to hold them accountable. Call, email, write a letter, set an appointment to sit down and chat. Remind them why they were elected into that position, what we want to hold them responsible for doing and making happen. And not just their campaign promises, but the things we want to see in our communities, in our states, in our country. And not in that cringy right-wing kind of way where they're just living out and unprofessionally unmanaged and um, quite abusive anger issue that's proven way too domestic terrorist for anyone with any basic intellectual abilities. I'm talking about holding elected officials accountable as it is described in the First Amendment, a peaceable assembly to redress grievances with the government that in no way involves scaling walls, breaking windows to climb through locked doors and beating police officers in the way in order to discuss issues that we have with our elected officials, you know, behaving democratically. And that's all I've got to say about that, folks. Tune in every Sunday if you like what you heard for another episode of This Week Again. Like, subscribe, and follow, and do whatever you do on whatever social media led you to this show. And thank you again for listening. Toodoo for now.